listening to First Church Charlotte. Give everyone near you a wave. That's okay. If you want to give them a fist pump, that's good. But Glad to see you. Glad you made it. Hallelujah. We live in a nation that's in fear right now, but we don't have to live in fear. It's not the will of God that we live in fear. Let's all remain standing as we go to the Word of God. I'm going to go right into it tonight and uh, talk, talk about the goodness of the Lord. I want to bring this thought to you in the course of the next few minutes. And it's simply welcome to God's world. Welcome to God's world. And we'll understand that, the direction I'm coming into it there, more in a few moments. But what a great joy. I'm getting some ringing up here if you can find the right button to push. But uh, uh, it's such a joy to live in the presence of God. And the scripture says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus telling us and bidding us a welcome into his world. Beautiful words of invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. For we're seated, let's praise him for these promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Help us to understand this wonderful world you've invited us into. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You going to help me tonight? It's good when the, uh, the flow of the Spirit is there and we can talk back and forth to each other and uh, just get a little bit more out of it as we understand that some folks are really hearing it good and keeps the rest of us on our toes. Can I get a witness? <laughs> It's a joy to know the Lord. This uh, invitation by the Lord Jesus into his world is a beautiful passage of scripture. And it's not just uh, nice, beautiful sounding words, but it is the truth of God's world. Because it is a world of love. Because God is love. And... It is a place of acceptance because the Lord has already told us, come unto me. He wants us to come. We're welcome to come into his presence, into his house. At home, everywhere we go, we can take his presence along with us. This world is filled with mercy. Mercy for us. Us having mercy for others. Others having mercy for us. 
How many of you have already needed some mercy this week? Good to be honest with ourselves, isn't it? It's wonderful to have a wife, I'm speaking as a husband, that has mercy in her heart, in her heart toward me. Because there's certain things she wants me to do that I don't want to do. But after, uh, uh, we got married in 62, so you figure that one out. But after those many years, I've learned that my life is so much better if I do what she wants me to do with joy. Now, if, if I don't demonstrate just a little bit of joy along with it, then I will wish I had. Because she knows I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I do it anyhow. Peace is a wonderful thing. It's mercy. And usually anything she wants me to do, I need to do it. You know, she's lived with me long enough to not ask me to do things that uh, very often that is really a chore to me. Because I can grumble around and I can need some mercy. But I, I try to uh, do it with joy. And to do it with some enthusiasm. If it's time to take out the trash, she doesn't want me dragging the trash bag all over the house. Making a bunch of racket. Making, you know, just letting everybody know that I'm doing it, but I'm not liking doing it. <laughs> and trash is, of course, the least amount of things that we have to do. Because everywhere you go, someone has to take out the trash. And so when it's your turn, might as well put a smile on and be glad you're helping clean the place up. But uh, this world, God's world, is a world of grace and a world of spiritual power. And, thank God, a world of no fear. Doesn't mean we do, we, we uh, challenge things that are fearful. You get, on, get in your car every day and head down 485. You, you're in the fast lane going 75 in a 70-mile zone. And uh, someone's on your bumper telling you, you need to scoot over. You need to get out of my way. Well, good thing just to get out of their way. Why make a big deal about it? They're already making a big deal about it to ride on your bumper or my bumper. I sometimes give them the brake warning <laughs> without putting on the brakes. I wouldn't want them to go away thinking they're king of the road, would you? But if they persist in a short amount of time, I'll usually give it all to them. To the point even of pulling over on a two-lane road and stopping, letting them get on by me. Because uh, if I ever did have to stop, they'd be, they'd be all the way into my luggage department, you know. <laughs> But, uh, but no fear in a time, especially like this, where the children of God, we should take all the precautions that a normal, uh, well-thinking individual takes. But to live in fear, no. Uh, we are the children of God, and we will, we will survive everything the Lord 
wants us to survive when it's time to go home, it's time to go home. But uh, we're, we're going to enjoy our life and not live in a spirit of fear. And if you have a spirit of fear, there's a place where you can uh, turn to get rid of the fear. You can turn to the Word of God. 365 places in the Word of God that says, don't fear, fear not. All kinds of admonitions, don't be a fearful person. Uh, we, can, we can build our own fear up by being full of doubt, full of uh, anxiety. Uh, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But as people, we can greatly increase our yoke and our burden. And God didn't have a, do, a thing to do with that. We, we have overcommitted ourselves. I've done it many times. I've repented many times. And I hope I've learned the lesson by now to not overcommit. Not say you're going to do things you can't do. You cannot get it done in the time limit. And uh, because I, I do believe that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But I know how that in this world uh, we can uh, stack, stack our to-do list so high, uh, it'll take us three months to get it all done. And God doesn't want us to live in anxiety, in fearfulness, in a state of being overburdened and, and over-yoked to where we can't, we can't hardly move in our life. And yet it happens all the time when we... Uh, people that are used to getting things done and doing things uh, specially uh, have to be careful of that. Others need uh, an, a, a firecracker exploded under their feet or something, you know. That's in jest. Don't be throwing firecrackers at anybody. It's a shame I have to say that. I'm just trying to say some people need some motivation. Some people need to get fired up and get something done. Can I get a witness? But that's not you and that's not me by the grace of God. And so welcome to God's world is what Jesus is saying. And the scripture teaches us how we can do this. In our passage tonight we read, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. The Lord wants us to have a life and a spirit of restfulness, of peace. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. That's the big key right there to getting into God's world is to learn of Jesus Christ. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Are you living a life full of anxiety, full of worry about this, worry about that? Upset, wore out, uh, mad about the politics. You know, you really don't have to listen to all that stuff all day long. Duh. Why are you going to listen to something that's going to fire you up? Why listen to things? Boy, you need a good prayer meeting just after 15 minutes of that commentator. Well, I'm not going to live that way. And you don't need to live that way. It's taken me seven decades to learn to not live that way. Uh, really, 
the Lord helped me years ago to decide when, when I feel myself in frustration and anxiety and, and anger and I can't do anything about it, something's wrong. The Lord wants me to have peace in my heart. I went through a time of extreme uh, uh, being down in a pit. I went to prayer meeting. This was over on Howie Circle. To my personal prayer meeting, I was alone in the church. And I got down there, kneeled down, and started going over all the things that weren't right with anybody else and me. And I, I was better at tackling me than anybody else and blaming myself and whatever. And I got up from that prayer time worse than I was when I got down. Well, I'd been thinking about all the stuff that's irritating me for the last half hour while I'm telling God about it. And when I got up, it had to be the Spirit of the Lord said, what have you been doing the last half hour? Where's your brain been? You're worse off than when you knelt down here. You haven't cast any burdens on me. You haven't asked me to get peace back in your spirit. You and it was all my fault. But I learned something that day. And by the grace of God, I, I haven't unlearned it. Because we can tell when we're, when we're messed up on the inside with our troubles and struggles and our, just our, our conflict in our life. Just, just that, you know what I'm talking about. It's not the wonderful world that Jesus Christ offered us of rest for our souls and peace in our heart. Love and joy and peace. Where are those great attitudes? Why aren't they happening in my life? Why am I not enjoying the goodness of God in my soul? Why am I living in this other world of stress and strain? Well, it's not God's fault. Can't even blame the devil on most of that stuff. It's flesh's fault. And God will help us. He wants us to find. If we haven't found that place yet... I'm telling you, with a little searching and asking of the Lord to give you wisdom and, and reading the book of Proverbs again and putting the word of God in your heart, you can find a place of peace and of his mercy and his love working in us. I want to live in that land of love. How about you? It's a, it's a most wonderful thing to have people that you love. It's a wonderful thing to give love out. Love that says, I care about you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a wonderful family. A love that says, I want God's best in your life. And it's also a wonderful thing to be loved. And this is where God comes into our heart. Because without love... We fall, we fall down to attitudes that really define us and attitudes that hinder us 
and attitudes that open themselves to a bitterness, to an anxiety, to grudge holding. We open ourselves to so many things when either we're, we don't feel love or we don't give love. And love is the answer. It's a many splendid thing someone wrote and how true it is in every area of our life. And I thank God. There's been days I didn't love myself very well. But I know now if I find myself back again in that place, I say, God, I know something about you. You love me. You love me enough to die for me. And you're going to help me. And you're going to get me out of these situations. You're going to help me with this, this decision. And... Uh, God will come with us. It is a wonderful world of love he wants us to live in. It is the first fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and on and on it goes. But it all bases out of love, and it's why we need to develop that love in our heart. People need our love. We need their love. And it goes both ways. And so it's a, it's a blessed thing to come into God's world. Uh, it takes about 10 hours to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so how in the world are we going to, like the Bible says, put on the mind of Christ? Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, the scripture tells. How in the world can I get God's mind in my mind? How can I get his thoughts? He has many thoughts that are way above us. His ways and his thoughts are way up there. He knows how the universe is flowing. They just found a black hole and they're going to try to get a picture of it. The scientists, they're, they're straining their brains to figure out how to get a picture of the black hole. So they can understand why it's such a place of gravity and everything that gets near it gets sucked into it. Well, that's way out there, a hundred light years away, maybe a thousand light years away. God knows how all that stuff works. And he also now knows how you work. He knows how I work. And I'm going to get closer to being in the world Jesus Christ opened to us right here where he said, come unto me. If I know how God thinks, how Jesus Christ thinks, the closest we're ever going to understand God is through Jesus Christ. God filled the universe while Jesus walked on the earth. And yet when Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be happy. We'll be really happy to know all about, uh, you know, what's going on. And Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, Philip, and you don't know me? I'm sure Philip went back to put his thinking cap on to realize that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. The spirit of God that fills the universe came to earth and was manifest in flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, happy day. Hallelujah. That body that God was in, Jesus Christ, God incarnate, came to pay the price. God didn't die when Jesus died, but the flesh that God was in died. 
But oh, hallelujah, three days later, up from the grave, he arose. Because he came out of that grave, he wants to put power in you and in me to come up out of any grave we find ourselves in. And one of these days, all those that died in Christ will come up out of their grave. Let's praise him for it. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Father. I praise your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, we're not told to do things that are not possible for us to do. We're here telling and, and it's, it's being told to us and we're being assured that we can walk and have the mind of Christ directing our steps. We don't fight a physical fight with the devil. You can't punch him. You can't kick him. You can't get in a wrestling match with the devil. But just because it's not a physical fight doesn't mean it isn't a spiritual fight. That's where the battle is. And most of the battle is fought right up here in our brain because Satan is using his lies, trying to convince us of his lies. He's trying to convince us. And he's not with you all the time. We have people around us that may be directed by Satan and that we work with and we, we live near and uh, we may even live with. We have unsafe people in our homes that uh, don't want God and don't want anything to do with Christianity. But uh, the Spirit of the Lord will come to us and teach us how to put the thoughts of Jesus Christ but honestly, folks, there's no way we're going to even know the mind of Christ if we don't know Christ. We can't just say, well, I, I want the mind of Christ. I'm telling you, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're, you're a long ways toward that. Because the Spirit of God will come to you and give you help and give me help and give us strength in the time of trouble. However... Bible still says, study to show yourself approved of God. Get in the book. How many of you ever had to learn a new program for your new computer system at work? You got to get in the book. They don't want you taking six months to learn it. You got to crack those books and stay with them until you can do something with a new system that they're putting in place. And... If I want to know what Christ thinks about something, what Jesus thinks about something, I can read his words in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And years ago, I began something because I try to practice what I preach, that all the time I'm in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, wherever else I'm going to read in the Bible, I'm going to be reading about Jesus. It's the most wonderful thing for me to live that way. If I want to go through Genesis, 
I can go through Genesis. I can go through Psalms. I can go anywhere in the Bible. But before I'm done, I'm reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I'm going to read about Jesus. I do want to know how he thought. I do want to know what he said. Because I do want his mind to be in me. And I live in flesh like everybody else here tonight. And the flesh is, uh, is carnal. The flesh doesn't understand the things of God. Our flesh wants its own way. Our flesh wants to give in to selfishness. Our flesh wants to give in to a lot of things that are not of God. And we've got to be able to recognize when an evil thought or a, uh, just an unclean thought or whatever kind of thought that's not part of God's kingdom comes in our brain. <coughs> I was listening to the radio one time running down Shamrock years ago. And I was listening to someone on the radio. Just one of those morning shows that used to be on, or I guess they're still on. Anyway, an evil thought hit me after I'd listened for a little while. And, and I mean, in, in about uh, two seconds, it bounced from here to here to here to here to here. To a very wicked thought. And I said to myself, how did you get here? So I trailed myself. Well, this thought caused that one. This thought caused that one. This caused, thought caused, this one caused that one. Finally, I got back over here and remembered the, the, what one of those guys said on the radio that caused that jumping to go. Thank God I didn't, I didn't yield to any of those thoughts. They were, I could see they were going downhill quick and I got right out of it. But I had to figure out how in the world I was even there. And I found it and I turned the radio off. I'm not going to listen to people. They're always on the edge of some kind of evil conversation. Little innuendos. They're always going to bring intimate details of things the Bible said. Don't, don't be studying how those sinners work their sins and do their sins. Don't try to figure out how all the wickedness in this world gets done. Stay away from it. Why do you want to muddy your mind up with those kind of thoughts? And of course, wanting to have the mind of Christ in our minds. It's, that's, that's where a lot of the battle is, right there. Thoughts that come to us. If it exalts itself against the mind of Christ, if it exalts itself against the kingdom of God, if it exalts itself against the word of God, if it puts one little tiny doubt in my mind about what God has declared in his word, I want to root that baby out. In Jesus' name, and replace it with some words that I heard Jesus say. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. We've got power to do that and to control our mind and our thoughts. <coughs> Glory to God. And so, it's a wonderful battle. It's a wonderful fight to take on. And by... Being aware of the goodness of God and the grace of God and the baptism of the Spirit.
that that increases. Everything you know in this book will be brought alive, inspired, will lift you up and cause you to be ready. You've got a sword in your brain. If, a, if, you, if you still have questions about evolution and whether God said, let there be light, and any questions about the Word of God, if you have questions about that, you need to find out the answer. The answer is right here. This is the book that you want to take with you. You don't have to memorize everything, but you need to know what it says. You need to strive to be aware of what Jesus said, mainly. And then the apostles, Jesus said, I can't even tell you everything you need to know. But he started in inspiring people to write the New Testament. The Paul, the Pauline uh, epistles. And Paul was put in jail, but he didn't lose time in jail because he preached the gospel. He began to write letters to the church. They're in your Bible. The dungeon letters. You can figure out all that out over there. In Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians were all written in prison. In the Mamertine prison in Rome, in different places where some of them, the, the, the authorities would allow him to have his own apartment in, and uh, allow him to have visitors come to him. Other places, he was put in a jail cell of some kind, a cave, an underground dungeon-like place for holding. But through it all, Read what Paul is saying when you know he's in a dungeon saying it. And as, as you've studied the word, you realize when you get in the Pauline apostles, every word has been carefully chosen. He's just not into writing history or something else. But every word is, is very tight and his thoughts are very tight. And his, uh, his concepts... He will go over them and explain them and, and endeavor to allow us to know what the mind of God is. As he is anointed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, Spirit of God, to write. And so it is. The more we get the Word of God in our hearts, better battle we can fight. More victories we can win. Because we immediately know what God said about the subject at hand. And we can uh, immediately combat the lies that are in our present world trying to get you to doubt God. Doubt whether he loves you. Doubt whether he knows your name. When you've got it written in the, in the book that every hair on your head is numbered. Hallelujah. Not how many. It says they're numbered. There went 25,482. That hair just got caught in your comb and it's gone now. I'm just telling you, God knows what's going on and he will help you. He said he notices when a sparrow falls. God notices when a sparrow falls. You don't ever have to wonder if God's interested in your life.
Just like you're interested in your baby's life or your grandbaby's life. You're interested in your children. You want to know what went on school today. Oh, nothing. Well, what was nothing? <laughs> you got to pull it on out of them, you know, and let them, you're letting them know, I want to know what's going on in your life. Did you have a problem? Did you have a struggle? Did you have is everything fine? You didn't bully anybody, did you? Uh, you know, they, you, they just get questioned. It's what parents do. Why? Because they care. They love deeper than any child can understand how much they're loved. And your heavenly father loves you like that. In fact, beyond what we humans can give to our children. But it's a wonderful thing to live in God's world and to live according to the scriptures. Luke 12, 29 says, Seek ye not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of doubtful mind. If you go around with fears and doubts, there's a better place to, to walk, and a better place to live than living in doubt. And uh, so what do you do when you've got a doubt going on in your head? Well, you find the word of God. And you memorize a scripture or even part of a scripture that says God's looking out for us and God cares. And all things will work together for our good. Doesn't mean everything is good. God's got a way of mixing it all together and making us better through it. But if we try to tackle everything in our own fleshly mind and we don't want to bother God with our problems, uh, you need to understand something about the Lord. You, you don't bother God when he hears your voice. He's just standing on heaven's balcony. Been a long time. Oh, they ran into some trials, didn't they? Oh, so good to hear their voices. <laughs> I'm going to help them out. We can try to understand, but he cares about you. He loves you so deeply. He loves you so perfectly. He wants the very best for you. He wants you to go to heaven with him for eternity. He wants you to have a good life here. He wants you. And he said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's how we're going to have a happy journey, a joyful journey. And everybody gets to have a, a, so many problems and you get to figure out how you're going to deal with them. You can deal with it in your own mind, in your own heart, your flesh, and what you learned at Psychology 101, if you want to, or you can take it to the Lord in prayer. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When you find out your yoke isn't very easy and your burden isn't very light, I'm just telling you, you can move up to a better place than where you've been living. You can find joy in going to a job that you would, uh, 
you're looking for that last paycheck and that watch if they're still giving them. And you, you're going to dust your feet, dust off, dust off of your feet when you walk out the door and not look. Hey, there's a better way to enjoy your life. You can learn to enjoy the work you do, the people you meet. You can learn to enjoy to lift up people's lives, strengthen them, be a kind person to them, be a patient person with them, to be helpful and still get your job done. Sometimes I've, I've walked through a cash register. Doesn't matter what race, it's, it's uh, wrong attitudes are in all the races in case you haven't figured that out yet. Well, I, I walk there, they're, they're chatting with someone, you know, five feet away. And they know, they can't, they, there's no way they don't know I'm there waiting to pay for whatever I'm gonna buy. And I think to myself, they haven't realized yet that I'm the customer. They just want to get their paycheck. They don't realize that there's a better job opportunity that could be there if they showed a good attitude toward every customer. I am partly paying for their salary. It might be 50 cents with this little $2 thing I want to buy. But they just kind of take their time like you got all the time in the world. And then when they come, no smile, no greeting. The least thing we can give the world is a smile. Can I get a witness? When we go into work, go in happy. I got tired working the third shift for about five years, coming in on... Sunday night, we had to start on at midnight. All the other nights of the week, we went in at 11, but we couldn't put an hour in on Sunday or they'd have to pay us more. So we come in from 12 to 8 on Monday. And those guys would be telling me, they had went to the dog races, Greyhound. There goes the rabbit! The Greyhounds take off after the rabbit. It's a fake rabbit, but them dogs don't know that. <laughs> or the horse races in Tijuana. Most of this stuff was over the border into Tijuana. And they come in talking about it just like they had the best fun. I got sick and tired of that. I walked in there with them and I said, man, you guys should have been in church with me today. <laughs> They looked at me like, what you got to say about anything? I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord got in that church service. People were shouting and praising God and getting excited. Someone was healed. Someone got baptized. I'm telling you, it was so wonderful. <coughs> and it was. Just wasn't their world, but it was my world. And... So I enjoyed playing the game with them. I wasn't playing a game. I was just saying, well, I got something to be excited about too. I'm not going to miss out on the fun. But this world satisfies for a little while. Sin is fun a little while. 
Temptation is enjoyable a little while. Flirting with the wrong person is fun a little while. Doing this and that, the other thing enjoys, the flesh enjoys. But that's exactly what we need to be taking care of is flesh. That's why we signed up to take our cross and follow him. That's where the yoke is easy and the burden is light. When we take up his cross and follow him all the way through our lives and enjoy the joys of great marriages, great homes, great kids, great parents, and the good things of God. Probably a lot of people here tonight just, you know, maybe you didn't recognize it when you were a youth, the great parents you had, the strength of your dad, the love of your mom. I got put in the doghouse a few times by my mom. She didn't wait for dad to get home, tired as he would be to deal with me. If I got out of kind of rambunctious and uh, didn't show a good attitude, she knew how to help my attitude out. Some weeds out in the, in the, the, the right there by the house where I planted some plants. I want, I want all those weeds gone in the next hour and put them in the trash when you got them picked. Oh, mom, I got homework. Get out there. And if I copped an attitude, buddy, you're in the doghouse. And I, I try to get out of that doghouse for a week, maybe two weeks, and finally, I realized I was out. But I didn't get to do the things I wanted to do if I was in the doghouse. I, I didn't get the special opportunities and special blessings if I'd had an attitude. What was she doing to me? She was, she was working me over. But she did it with all the love. It didn't change her love for me. I was just in the doghouse. I got treated like some people treat their dog. Some people uh, treat their dog about as good as they treat their kids, but that's their problem. We live in a world of, uh, and they are wonderful little fuzzy friends, aren't they? We don't want to tackle the dog situation. but They have a wonderful place in this world. And, uh, since there are horses in heaven, there just might be your little dog up there too. I want to practice faith in God. I've got to wrap this up real quick. It's not a sin to be to have the thought of doubt come to us. It's not a sin to be tempted. Sometimes if you've been in a place where there's a lot of temptation around and you're having to guard every moment where your eyes are and what they see or, or whatever the temptation might be. But it's not a sin to be tempted. If you're in a lot of it, you'll feel like, wow. Oh, I'm I'm in the uh, the, the mog somehow. I, I I'm in a in a swamp here, and 
Yet you've resisted every time the temptation came. You walked in victory. There's victory for us every day of our lives. That doesn't mean that we can stack a bunch of days up or even hours up. We are human, but we ought to be giving it a try. Can I get a witness? There ought to be some days when you don't think you have anything to repent about, but since the Lord said do it, we go ahead and do it. But what a joy it is to walk with the Lord. Romans 2, 12, 12, 2, as our musicians come. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We need this transformation. Have our minds renewed in the spirit. Minds renewed in the scripture. When you get in the scripture, it has a cleansing effect on you. It, uh, if you've done something with a wrong attitude or a wrong action, and you read, read it right there, and it talks to you right now, and you may repent while you read of an attitude of something that you've done that wasn't right. Why? It cleanses us. The word cleanses us. The renewing of the spirit of God within us helps us to keep our mind on Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Ghost gives us so many blessings in our life as we endeavor to walk with the Lord, endeavor to please him. And so we've been invited into the wonderful world of Jesus Christ, to have his mind be where our mind stays, to have his attitude about life, about troubles. And by knowing the word, we can strengthen ourselves. We all get get tempted with some kind of fear somewhere along the line. And it's not wrong to be tempted, but to live in doubt, that's a whole different situation. As soon as we realize that I've been giving my mind to thoughts that are not of God's kingdom, but the kingdom of humanity or the kingdom of Satan. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not based on this word. It's another kingdom. As soon as we recognize that God has a higher place by knowing his word, we can make a course correction and bring peace back into our heart. Let's stand. Why don't we all pray a prayer where we're standing, Lord. Help me to let your mind guide my thoughts. Help me to recognize when my thoughts are not of you. They're of this world. They're of the flesh. They're of the devil. Oh, Lord. Show me your way. Put your word into my heart. Help me to put your word into my mind. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse every concept that is against your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It only takes about 10 hours to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If, if you haven't heard the voice of Jesus much lately, why don't you tackle it? Go get it. I knew a group of uh, young men that for a while they were reading through the New Testament. Just every, every month or so, they'd take the whole New Testament on. They were trying to make up for lost time and get the word in their heart. Whatever you have to do, we want to get the thoughts of Jesus Christ, the thoughts of the Almighty in our minds so it can guide our steps. Let's praise him again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving us Bibles. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the ability to read or even to just listen to your word. Thank you, Lord, that it'll bring us peace and love and joy. It'll bring us the things that you want us to live in and enjoy. A light yoke and a light burden. Not a hard and heavy burden, but a light burden. Not a hard yoke, but a light yoke, an easy yoke. That's where you want us to live, Lord. And we praise you. Bless your people today. Give them a safe journey home. Protect us all from any kind of flu, Lord, that's going around the land. We praise you for it and thank you for it. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.